survival mode. I think you're going to see a lot, a lot of restaurants disappear that have been around for a long time. It's going to be sad. Y'all ready for this? Welcome to the Dan DeVerna Podcast, where we talk about business, life, and how to win it both. So Dan DeVerna here with a couple close friends of mine, Chris Flett, business coach to the stars, and uh, the owner of Souk. Musa Saluk, how goes it, gentlemen? It goes, it goes. Good to be here. It's doing great. Happy Monday. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we get started, anything anybody said was thinking, boy, we got to make sure we cover this. Well, I think uh, what what I'm finding interesting. I've been watching the news all morning and. Uh, now, of course, that there's outbreaks in South Korea after they've loosened things up a little bit, I think there's a, a shift in mindset of people thinking it's going to go back to normal. And now, I think this week we're going to see businesses going, okay, we're not going to go that way. So what, what does the next one year look like? And so I think innovation is going to be kicking up big here now, especially this week. I'm looking forward to seeing how people react. Yeah. Yeah, Musa, you've got uh, some news here in the last week or so as far as what's going to be available to you with business. Why don't you give us a little update on who you are, kind of uh, the situation you've been put in here over the last year, I guess, and uh, catch us up on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I am the uh, chef owner of Souk Mediterranean Kitchen in uh, Toledo, Ohio, and I've been a restaurateur uh, chef most of my life. Um, uh, opened a new venture October 1st, uh, which we were actually supposed to open over the summer. So we missed that, missed that whole window of the summer to, uh, you know, benefit from that. And then got off to a great start uh, on a really nice upswing. And then, you know, this kicked in. So um, we just got, just received news that uh, this, this coming up Friday, we're allowed to open our patios. And then the 21st um, is dine-in. But that's, uh, to me, uh, a, little, a little deceiving, too, because it's gonna, the patio is going to be all pending on weather. And am I, do I feel good about this yet? Um, and the answer to me is no. I mean, it's, uh, it's, I think the governor's speech that we listened to was a little, I don't know if you saw it, Dan, it was a little lax. Mm-hmm. Um, he had somebody who was part of that committee basically leading the whole uh, conversation. He really didn't step in much on it. It was a little bit, a lot of, uh, not a whole lot of clarity. So, you know, there's distancing. Um, you, you know, if you and your you and your wife come in and you sit at the bar, is, it, is there still the six-foot distancing since you guys cohabitate together? You know, there's just a lot of, a lot of unanswered uh, questions, especially for um, for us. Uh, you know, I have I have employees that have uh, one, two year old children. Do do I ask? You know, do I ask them to come back? Do I have them stay at home? And then if they refuse to come back, we're supposed to you know report to the state about refusal on uh, for the unemployment. So there's a lot of a lot of uh, things that are to me are. Uh, uh, kind of unacceptable and kind of uh, up in the air. So um, 
and like I said, as far as that, I was getting ready today after this to go out and start to rearrange patio furniture and measure things out. And um, I heard we're supposed to have 70 degree weather and then we're supposed to get thunderstorms. So it's just going to, I think it's going to open up a box that a lot of us, uh, sounds great. Oh, Yahoo restaurants are back open again. Go for it. But there's a lot of other, how much staff do I bring back? I have to restock liquor inventory. I have to restock food inventory. I have to, um, you know, at, at the 21st of May, we're at 25% probably capacity. I can't be profitable. If I have a whole staff, I have a payroll. Um, so there's just a lot of, lot of things that, you know, chefs and restaurateurs have to think about. It's, it's not just, hey, you hit the easy button, the doors are open and we're back off to the races. It's, it's, there's not going to be any, a normalcy, any normalcy for a long time. So, Well, Moose, I have a question because, of course, yeah. I worked in, as you know, the restaurant industry kind of earlier on in my life, especially through university. And the restaurant I was in, we were always looking to see how many covers we could get done in a night. And, right. you know, to jam people in as tight as possible without making them uncomfortable. And I remember the chef telling us at the time, like, we had to flip those tables and get covers. And so... What I'm curious about with this legislation, because we're seeing this in Canada as well, saying, you know, if you had uh, 80 tops, you're going to have 20. There must be a minimum amount of tables that actually make it make sense. Like them saying 25% back, you could still open and actually be losing money by increasing capacity, couldn't you? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we've been kind of proactive. It's just been up until... This past week, it's just been me and my general manager, and we have a couple of girls working uh, the phones to do curbside. And um, so this week is the first week. It's, it was it was the eighth week that I finally brought a couple of people back because it's just like, you know, come on, I got to start working on some of the things Chris just said. Um, we just we have a meeting t uh, Wednesday with um, uh, Open Table, which is a reservation. Uh, software that you guys have probably used when you've traveled. Um, I know we probably used it in, in Vegas when we traveled there. And they were asking, you know, $250 a month and then a dollar a reservation. Um, and, the, and they waived all that till 2021. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to jump on that because we need to have a system in place and, uh, you know, to flip tables, you know, we're going to put probably an hour and a half gap to try to flip, flip them. And, uh, we're going to go reservation only when, when we do do it. If we do do it, if I feel comfortable to do it, I mean, I'm still, uh, it's a tug of war with, um, you know, my mind right now, my mindset is what happens if we bring some people in somebody gets, somebody gets sick and the restaurants are always the first to blame for this. And then do I call a lawyer to get a, a, uh, a waiver for, you know, for employees, I, there's so many unknown questions to ask. An uh, employee comes back and gets sick. And this society, people like to, you know, unfortunately, people like to sue. I mean, am I liable for an employee coming back and getting sick from a cut? You know, at, you guys got to understand what I'm saying there. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm fortunate enough where I have my general contractor lives close to me he actually lives in the same uh complex that i do because i live right above the restaurant and uh we already went out and ordered plexi plexiglass because that was one of the stipulations the plexi is going to go up over the booths um in some certain areas of the bar and all that and it that is just more for me to make the, the consumer come in and say hey you know they're they're ahead of the curve i feel comfortable coming in they've got plexi up they've got so there's a lot of expenses that are going to this too so um, 
and you know meat another another obstacle meat pork uh that's all going through the roof right now and now i'm getting uh you know text messages and emails daily from my uh purveyors and you need to buy up on this you need to buy up on that well you know what uh i'll go a different route seafood's gone way down i mean i can get i can get crouper and halibut now for 11 dollars a pound which was on which is unheard of I can get Scottish salmon, which I was paying $15, $16 a pound for $9 a pound. Now I'm, you know, it's head on, cut it myself, but I've got time. What I wonder if you can as well, um, like how many, before the, before kind of the shutdown, how many main courses did you have on your menu? Um, you know, it's, it's not a menu like I've had in the past. It's, it's Mediterranean. So I've got, I have, uh, a, a good concentration of Middle Eastern. I have, you know, I'll do paella. I'll do, I'm doing lamb shanks. I'm doing short ribs on a daily basis. So we're cooking those fresh, but I stopped that uh, during this whole crisis. And we just kind of, once I ran that inventory out, I'm, I'm fortunate enough where I'm not a steakhouse. If I was a steakhouse, I mean, I, I some of those guys, I can't, can't imagine what they're going through with uh, all the product in their cutting rooms and all that. So, um, but uh, you know, a lot of a lot of different hummuses, a lot of different appetizers. Uh, so there's there's some things that that I had to uh, adjust to, like the raw kibbe. I, I stopped doing that because I'm, I'm just gonna you know, there's things that I was throwing away because we're just not not going through it. And uh, this, you get into survival mode, and then I went into I used to have a concept called Burger Bar 419, which was uh, we did gourmet burgers. We started selling a ton of burgers it, we I just said we did a throwback Thursday started doing stuff like that and you know you're selling you know 10 11 dollar packages on the burgers and uh selling a ton of them and now I can't go to that because beef just went up to seven dollars a pound so it's now it's back to the drawing board now do I do more um family meals packages where you can feed you know two to four and you know and then you have to do multipliers on that if you have a family of six or eight you just you just add to add to that so we got to get really creative right now to to survive and um you know you get up at six seven o'clock in the morning you prep up until this last week you know having a couple more guys in what was taking me all day to do and i was doing it cautiously because if i over prep you know i, I you know i have a lot of uh, uh which is lamb yeah i do a lot of lamb and, and there'll be a lot of waste so fortunate enough for me, I, I have different ways to get rid of or create uh, new entrees while I'm going. So I, I, I mean, basically was going to virtually put out a virtual spring menu too. So we're, you know, we're working on things while we're here. So we're just trying to uh, get through the days. And this past weekend, Mother's Day, we had a, we had a great, I, I'm not usually open on Sundays, had a great day. The Metro Parks, who I do a lot of catering for, called me. They had, you know, 150 picnic blankets. So we did a promotion with them and I did uh, quiches and charcuterie boxes and either a rosé or Prosecco um, for the mothers. And we, we, we were here all day yesterday. We did about 60 or 70 of those. So you know, that's five, four or $5,000 there in revenue that, which probably wouldn't have been there. So you have to really get creative in these times. And if you're just sitting back and thinking that, uh, well, next week we're going to open next week, we're going to open. And there's a lot of guys that I know that aren't, you know, just would rather just shut down and, and sit back for me it's more keeping the brand out there um we're making enough to keep the lights on but it's it's being in people's faces and keeping my brand out there seeing that it's a it's a new brand um i don't have 10 years with this concept under my belt so it's it was you know it's a it's survival mode so 
I think you're going to see a lot, a lot of restaurants disappear that have been around for a long time. And it's going to be sad, not only restaurants, but small businesses. So, I, well, you know, I think it's going right across. I was chatting with a, a buddy on Saturday. And of course I had the perfect timing of releasing a book a month before this all crashed. And of course, you know, a book tour is what, what takes a book up and I watch it just fall flat. And so, you know, for me, I have a little pity party for a couple of days and then I shelf the book. And so, you know, people are already saying, and you're probably getting this as well, but people tend to want to nudge you to the negative. And so people said, oh, well, you know, that one's dead. Why don't you just start working on a new book? And they don't realize the amount of time that goes into writing a book or developing a restaurant concept. And, you know, my book like yours, like your restaurant is, it was supposed to be done in the fall. I ended up working on it all through Christmas and kind of getting it ready for this launch. And so I find it interesting that challengingly, as an entrepreneur yourself, well, the three of us, is the general market wants us just to pretend, you know, just sweep it under the mat. You know, this is, it's okay for you to quit. It's okay for you to put it down and you can try again, but they don't have that necessarily, that mindset of, you know, what I refer to of being the, the son of an immigrant is that immigrant mindset of we have to make it work and yeah. as it gets more challenging, you just work harder, right? Instead of 12 hour days, you put in 18 or 20 hour days and that's, I think that creates a unique opportunity that a majority of the population might not have kind of uh, experience with. Yeah, and I mean, uh, fortunate enough that that is my background. Uh, father was an immigrant and it's just, it's, it's you know, failure is not an option. Uh, is the, the most you can do to survive and keep afloat is, uh, is what we do. And, um, you know, I have employees call me on a daily basis and when am I going to come back? Well, you know, and I was talking to a, a mutual friend of ours, Tony, hmm. from, uh, who owns a restaurant in Tom Swig. And we were talking about, you know, the loans and everything else. And, and uh, you know, the other big factor is how many of our employees are going to come back to work? Some of our cooks are making with the, the, the stimulus, the 600 a week plus their, their benefits, making $52,000 a year. To not work. So, yeah, to not work, to right. not be in a hot, hot kitchen um you know so there's there's just so many layers of minutiae that come with this it's not just you know i've had you know patrons coming in all week well can't wait to come uh sit on the patio on friday it's like <laughs> yeah um there's you know so there's you know nobody wants to open more than me but i'm not going to be i need to be cautious i need to uh protect my employees i need to protect myself i need to protect our patrons so it's it's a it's a it's just a tug of war on, on uh, emotions right now too and um so it's a it's a tough call and then there's the factor as you guys know um they say you're going to open on the 21st i i feel pressure that i have to open because i fortunate enough i have some great landlords who have given me relief on everything else but once that floodgates opens now the landlords want full rent utility companies want full utilities so there's there's all that that goes with it it's just well then in theory it becomes your choice right in their mind it's like well you're the one deciding not to open rather than right. governments preventing right. you from opening exactly exactly so it's it's kind of a no-win for me I, it's i'm kind of forced um to do that so i just have to prepare myself and prepare our staff and prepare the restaurant to to do it with baby steps and do it cautiously and and uh, you know we do the things on a daily basis that are required right now we hand washing is like you know uh, 
constant and you can wear as many pairs of gloves as you want gloves aren't the you know gloves gloves are great but you still have to change your gloves when you when you go from one thing to the other i mean it's um and you know there has to be a level two employee in the house at all times now the health department's gonna and level two is a uh it's a qualification of testing and, and uh education that you have to take through the health department and i'm the only level two so i mean i've been there this whole time anyway so and the, you know it's going to be pretty stressful when the health department gets back on the streets too and and you know they're gonna try to be as you know monitor and um be out there as much as possible so and, and they're short staff so you know, and I wonder of the the mindset of consumers because you know within our family, like we do the, you know, the dine out Tuesdays and that type of stuff where we try to support local restaurants. Yeah. Like I told you about Chef Castro, right? Who's one of our local chefs in Victoria. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be that quick to go back to a restaurant or to a movie theater or I mean even to a barber, even though I need it. Um, yeah. You know, just the mindset is, am I going to drag the family out and and you know, it's, it's shocking to us how the mindset has shifted in just two months because we used to go out for supper three times a week and now haven't been out for eight weeks, but we're still, you know, once or twice a week bringing food in and we, we find ourselves, you know, luckily in a position to be able to do that a couple times a week, but trying to spread around to our favorite restaurants mm -hmm. and, you know, and focusing more on the local than the chains, right? Because the chains have that yeah. kind of that girth to do, but we find that it's almost like, it's like a Sophie's choice. You know, we got Chef Gastro and we have Binfor, which is a burger bar who like, we got to make sure that we're being fair, just like you would with kids on Christmas, right? How do you, yeah. how do you make sure you're covering them a little bit? And even with Chef Gastro, I shared with you, Musa, that he opened a pantry where you can go in and buy the ready to take. And same type, right. I find myself over buying and then yeah. giving it to neighbors, right? Cause you're trying to say, we really want you to be here when it's safe. But I, I don't know if in the, up, in the upcoming months, I'm gonna kind of want to drag the kids out to sit in that area, even if it is a, a bubble of six or eight feet, I think I'd prefer just to bring the food home. Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of us should take the, uh put off the gas pedal with the carryout for sure. I think we need to continue that. Um, Will you continue the curbside that, as well? Like, so let's assume yeah. that the patio opens and you're in, like the curbside, it, that, like that feels like that's been the new programming for consumers. And so I would assume you probably want to keep that rolling. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we'll throw on an extra hostess or just somebody that's designated as a curbside. And, you know, uh, when we first opened, we didn't even have the online ordering because we were so busy and that was would have put extra pressure on the kitchen. But we sparked that up, uh, you know, a day into it and got our online ordering going. So we'll continue that too. And the online ordering allows you to get on to our website and it bypasses the host podium, bypasses everybody and just shoots it right back to the kitchen. Oh. It tells you that it's, it tells you that it's online and uh, what time Dan will be here to pick it up is his estimated time is 650. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that, that'll continue. Um, and somebody asked me the other day, you were talking about, uh, will the consumer want to go out? They asked me, well, how, well, how do you think it's going to be? And I said, I think it's gonna be 80, 20. I think 80% are going to stay at home. And those 20% that can't take it at home are going to go out. And then the 80% are going to look into that fishbowl to see who's getting sick or what's, what's happening. And, and, uh, they'll take a couple of weeks to see how it pans out. That's, that's my feeling on it. Um, but, I think yeah. I think there's going to need to be some clarity on what those rules are for you guys and for all of us. 
I mean, truthfully, you know, if I go in there with not just my wife, but what maybe say two or three other friends, do we have to sit separated? Like do the two of us can be together and then there's this much room for the others. And, you know, you look at your booths, they're pretty small. So how, how do all those things all fit together? Right. And then the, you know, we're in Toledo in the spring. So yeah. the, the consistency of weather is not, uh, not optimum to say the least. I oh, exactly. Exactly. What if so, I, what if I have a full patio and then a thunderstorm rolls in? what am I going to do? Right. Here's boxes. I'll see you guys. Sorry. It's, um, yeah. And, and, and the clarity on that is we're not allowed to take any parties of, I think it was, uh, it has to be under 10 people. So, uh, you know, my, I, I, I'm fortunate enough. I have a back room. We've already been measuring that off. Um, you know, it's, uh, the dining, my dining space is, is pretty tight. Anyways, it's all booths and a few tables. So are the booths movable or are they built in? No, I have, I have some booths that are really have high backs to them, which we're, we're fortunate to have those, but we're still going to add the plexi to them. And, and that's the whole thing with, with the plexiglass. My contractor got out in the nick of time. Now he can't find plexi anywhere in Toledo. <laughs> it, that's all gone, just like the toilet paper and everything else that, that had hit earlier. So we're working on that stuff. And um, yeah, the, it's, it's parties of 10 or less, but like you said, um, you're in booths and tables anyways. There's there's six foot distancing between tables, but there's not six foot distancing between people eating. And then they're telling us that our servers don't have to wear a mask or they can wear a mask. It's up to me. And it's up to me to tell the consumer if they have to wear a mask. So they wear the mask in, but then they're going to drink and eat. They're going to take the mask off. It's just, uh, it, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in for the restaurants. And there's no playbook. We're not going by a playbook. This hasn't happened before. So this is, we're, right. we're building the playbook as we go. And, um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be challenging, you know, and I'm sure, um, you know, once it, once the floodgates open, you're going to, you're going to have the news crews coming out and there's going to be the pressure of talking to people. And I don't, you know, as a restaurateur and a chef and somebody that's an independent restaurant owner, you don't want to sit and talk out about the opportunity to open. It's, 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 it's a tough situation. So. And so, yeah, Musa, you're well connected, obviously, in the chef and restaurant tour kind of center yeah. in Toledo. Are you like, as a percentage, how many restaurant tours are, are kind of following your lead in and quickly pivoting as compared to how many are just like, you know what, I think this might be too long and there might be too much required and too much, you know, it's going to cost you money, of course, to do all those kind of those upgrades, right? The plexiglass and all that stuff. Like, yeah. is there, what's the mindset of, of, of people in the restaurant business in Toledo? Are they saying F it or are they going, okay, let's all try to pivot here? Uh, we keep it, we keep in touch. And I mean, I have a conference call today at three. I, I, we developed a group called the, uh, it's a plus one initiative and it's a, it's some local restaurants and we're feeding, um, um, first, uh, first responders, the hospitals, the, uh, the firemen, the police, the police stations. And we went out and they raised, they raised money. So at least we have enough money to cover our lunches and our dinners to kind of keep us going. And it's brought, it's brought some employees back, but going back to your question, there's, uh, Dan, like the, the Mancy restaurants, they have four or five restaurants and one of them is a steakhouse. I'm sure they're gnawing at the bit to get open. Um, you know, I don't know how many of us have got the, the paycheck protective program, um, loans. I'm not sure 
who all have gotten that. But I know a lot of, of the bigger restaurants and um, the local guys who have two or three, two or three operations are probably probably dying to get open because I know when I had three or four at a time, it was always uh, two were doing better than the other three, and you're robbing Peter to pay Paul to keep stuff going. So right now it's got to be, it's kind of barren. It's like there's nothing. You know, if you're a steakhouse, who's out buying? you know a, of beef. A, a 32 ounce uh, or a 32 or three, 33 dollar uh, filet when before you could probably go to a Kroger or a, a Costco and you know it's 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 tough for I think the more fine dining um, I'm not I, I you know a lot of us weren't apt for the uh, carry out business either so we had to adapt to that but then a lot of the restaurants like uh, Dan like balance and some of the you know even even with Tony Tony's doing a ton. Of, I'm sure Tony's doing okay with carry out, but a lot of us weren't really carry out restaurants. So, I mean, I've done yeah. carry out. It's not foreign to me, but we had to really accelerate and try to keep alive with the carry out. So I think everybody's in that boat where they're, they want to get back at it. But now that it's finally here, I think it, you, you heard the record screech and it stopped and it's like, okay, well, how are we going to do this? Right. Um, so I think we'll all be in communication and talking and, and, um, some of us might come up with a better idea than the others and we 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 have a we have a text message chain that we keep together and then like i said there's there's phone calls and the uh ohio restaurant association does conference calls and they they feed us information and you're allowed to get onto that and we have a you know some city officials that have been really good good for us in helping us uh maintain what we what we have right now so um it's it's a it's a close-knit group so i think we'll be in contact with each other and we'll figure it out and we'll help each other out and uh, we'll go from there i think the small business owners as a whole it's going to be interesting to watch how all of it plays out i mean it's over the last few years i feel like it's become very fashionable to be an entrepreneur you know very cool and uh i don't think it's cool right now like not everybody's going to think it's quite so cool when they hear that you know you're waking up at seven o'clock to get in get everything cleaned up to start serving food at 11 to then serve food until 8 p.m and then clean up for two or three hours after that doesn't sound quite as uh quite as interesting as, <laughs> as it does you know and and also people think that the small business owners are are wealthy you know and uh -huh. times yeah. they think that, you know but it's a cash flow cash flow game and when the cash flow is not coming in, but you're still expected to, you know, pay rent and utilities and all the things that, that come along. And that's before you even start talking about employees, you know, yeah. I've, yeah. I've started getting the calls from clients saying, Hey, I know you're not an attorney or an accountant, but like, you know, Jamie doesn't want to come back to work. She said, don't open that part of the business yet. Cause she's getting, I don't know. I think the, in this one case, it was almost $4,000 a month and she doesn't have to do anything to get that. So now he's got to not just, he's got to replace Jamie. Plus he's got to hire or train Jamie. I mean, it is a real disadvantage. And Oh, by the way, at some point, maybe September or whenever Jamie's going to have to go get a job. Like, so if this there is, is one, but if there is a job, right, Absolutely. that's what people are forgetting. And this is, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to just run the, you know, I'm going to run the pogey until it runs out. But when it runs out, what they're saying is general business failures in North America could be upwards of 
So that means that six of those 10 people won't have a place to go back to anyway. So it's really going to become an employer market. And you're going to find that employees who decided to sit off and enjoy their summer, which is what I heard trying to find people to do yard work. Sure. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to really go back to work until the fall. I'm going to enjoy my summer. They're going to have a rude, rude awakening. I think Musa could talk to that. I mean, that, that child of an immigrant mindset, like I, I don't, I don't know what it looks like to take a summer off, nor what I even think about it, given the situation now, I've never worked harder and we're doing great, but we're watching our competition fail left, right and center. And we're doubling down, even though we're doing great, we're paddling our arses off to kind of keep on above the wave rather than getting pulled out from underneath. So the mindset really challenging on the employee side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm in, I'm in what I would call right now, such good cooking shape that you give me two guys, I could probably run the whole kitchen right now. So you know, and then be, you know, eventually be profitable because my labor is going way down. But um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of those, I think there's a lot of those guys that aren't going to, guys and gals that aren't going to come back to work because they're going to try to soak up that money because they, I think they feel like they, well, I've worked my whole life and, you know. Well, Dan, and I got a question for you. So from what you understand about this, if people get the loan to cover salaries, but if they can't get their people to come back, does that loan cover new hires or like, like what's the, what's the dynamic? Cause what I'd be concerned about is I get a loan to bring my people back. My people don't come back and I'm holding the bag. Maybe I've used that money to do some other gap financing in the area. Like what's, what, what do you understand happens if your staff don't come back that the government has loaned you money on? Yeah. You need to bring back somebody. <laughs> that's the, that's going to be one of the, one of the problems, you know, the people are going to have to have their payroll has to stay, has to be up to a certain level. So if you don't hire Jimmy back, you're going to have to hire somebody in lieu of Jimmy uh, to get that forgiveness. You know, and right. the other part of that is whatever doesn't get forgiven will get rolled into a loan. And, and, you know, now you're adding some debt to a business that's already somewhat crippled. And that's the big, that's the big concern. You know, that's the, that's the concern with people saying, you know, taking these opportunities with, with whether it's their mortgage or their car payment or whatever it is, you have to be careful of what the rules are because not everybody's just going to let you put, you know, if you're, if you're not paying your mortgage this month, some of the, the rules are going to let you put that on the back end and others are going to say that they're just going to put a multiplier on it towards the front end. So your next several payments, well, if you're not up and working, like you, you just need to pay close attention to the rules on all these different moving parts because there's a lot of moving parts. And so just as a ballpark, so people understand, because I don't actually know the answer to this question is when somebody is, and just generalizing, when somebody's building out a restaurant, so I have to imagine that that's probably pretty capital intense to buy the equipment and to set it up. Yeah. So like ballpark, what would it cost to set up a restaurant, let's say in Toledo, that would be similar to yours? Is it is it a half a million dollars? Is it a million dollars? Like what's the, I don't well, think most million. of us realize how much it costs to, like how much you're already in the hole when you start. About three quarters of a million. So yeah. 750,000 bucks before yeah. you open the doors. Yeah. And then yeah. you're trying to spend, I mean, you're spending your money on marketing communications to get yeah. bums in the door. Yeah. And then yeah. you hit a wall. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary as hell. It really is. I mean, that was we were on a, a great upswing. Um, and it just felt it felt so good. It felt like we we're doing everything right, which we were. 
and then it, it stops. So the scary thing is, how do we put it back in drive and hit that, you know, 110 miles an hour again? It's, uh, and I, it, you know, they say we're all in the same boat. I think we're all in the same storm. We're not all in the same boat. Somebody may have been, had a business that's, restaurant that's been here for 30 years. So you, you, you have a little bit more uh, working capital sitting around in the bank than I do. So I, I mean, or if you're in the uh, plexiglass business, you're probably yeah, doing all right. Yeah. Plexiglass and the, uh, yeah, sanitizer. And sanitizer. And everything. So, um, and you know, the, the loans I think were built for us to go back at full steam too, Dan, you know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. it's that loan is there for you to bring everybody back. So you have the capital to, to go back at full steam. But when you're going at back at 25% and you're trying to figure out, you know, you know, do I bring everybody back? And then we're only doing a, a quarter of the business and everything is, you know, my payroll is more, more than what I'm doing in revenue. And, you know, I pay on a weekly basis. Uh, so it's very confusing. I think I've, you know, I've talked to Dan about it and, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's kind of scary. And I think, I think they're changing, some of the stipulations with these loans as they Absolutely. go too, which is, which is a game changer. I mean, you know, how do you change it as you go? So. Uh, yeah. They, they've uh, come out and said, they're going to make some adjustments, you know, well, did you really need that loan? How badly were you affected? And so the like, boy, now you start getting some pretty gray area because you might have one person that uh, has a costs a lot more and somebody costs a lot less to, to do business the way they are or their personal lifestyle could be attached to that as well. So it's, it's uh, yeah, could get pretty slippery. You know, anytime the government rolls something out, it's tough and it's really tough when they roll it out at such a, a rapid pace. You know, there's just so many questions that were not answered on the front end of this that are going to be answered on the back end. And, and, you know, we just hope, you know, hope everybody was, was able to, uh, to play by the rules as best they could. Well, you know, our friend Damon, who's an accountant in Canada, the Canadian government kind of of the same boat, uh, just started dumping money, right? Dumping money, bailing out individuals, companies, now the stock market, they're buying junk bonds. But what's interesting is they, you know, got that money in the hands of everybody. And so Canadians could just go on the government website and say, you know, I've been negatively impacted by the Corona and immediately $2,000 went in their account. Like, like that, like I'm not saying two or three days, it didn't even get reviewed. You just did a declaration that you've been negatively impacted. Sadly, I didn't get any candy, but boom, the money came in. And so everyone, I mean, everyone and their dog, I know hits the button, right? Like it's like free money, free money, free money. And then Damon said, you know, six weeks after that, they said, oh, and by the way, if we deem that that wasn't true at our discretion, you're going to get paid, you're going to get penalized 250% of what you took, plus you could face jail time. <laughs> and so now all of a sudden, you know, people are looking for that back button, like refresh, refresh, how do I get that back in the government's account? And so you can unring that bell. And so I would have to imagine there has to be some small sliver of abuse in the US. Yeah. And the question will be what will come, what will come after that? Yeah, well, we've talked to attorneys uh, quite a bit actually. And that's, and one of the first lines the guy said to me is there's going to be a lot of orange jumpsuits given out from this. <laughs> uh, well, just, I mean, the, the lack of accountability and the lack of, you know, the, and the banks are getting paid something. So they're getting, they want to move the loans and move the money through because they're getting a little, a little taste on some level. So 
yeah, it's going to be an interesting, interesting to watch all this stuff play out. And to, besides just the safety element, none of us have ever been in a situation where the government's literally said, you're going to close your business. Like this is, this is out of your hands. This is our decision. We're going to close your business. And, and it's, and they've also never been in the process of starting it back up again. So we've never stopped it and we've never had to start it back up and, and how we all do that. You know, you just want to know that you want to be part of the 60% or hopefully 70 or 80% of businesses that still exist at the end of all this. That's, that's what you're gunning for because, you know, you'll kind of have the corner of the market on some level. You'll be in a better spot than you were before this started. Right. Yeah. Less competition. And, you know, I heard somebody equate what's happening to that movie Flatliners. Right. Let's zap it and kill and we'll see how long we can let it die for and then see if we can uh, zap it and bring it back. Yep. 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 All right, guys. Well, I appreciate your time this morning. It's good talking to you. Anything Great else you we guys, should yeah. uh, let everybody know before we head off? Well, I think once, once we can fly safely, Musa, I'm happy to come and do weekend shifts in the dish pit. I, uh, I was very good at that. I also am very good at making salads and cutting desserts, not making them, but I'm good at cutting them with a hot knife and, uh, and plating them. So I'm happy oh, to I've donate seen, some yeah. of my services to let you recapture some of your labor costs. I've seen some of your smoking skills too with your, your meats and stuff on, on Facebook too. I just you. actually got a new pellet smoker for my birthday. So we're going to oh. do the maiden voyage this week. I'll, I'll send it to you and you can give me some criticisms. And his, wow. uh, his cutting of desserts is one for you, one for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's hurtful. How dare you fat shame me during this crisis? Oh, all good. Well, all right, boys, be good, okay? Absolutely. Yeah, stay well. Sounds good. Stay thanks, well, guys. guys. Yeah. See you next time. Yep. Yep. Products and services using the following business names: Great Financial Partners, Insurance and Financial Services, Ameritas Investment Company LLC, AIC, Vendor Finra, SIPC, Security and Investments, Ameritas Advisory Services, AAS Investment Advisory Services, AIC and AAS are not affiliated with Great Financial Partners. Products and services are limited to residents of states where the representative is registered. This is not offer securities in any jurisdiction, nor is it specifically directed to a resident of any jurisdiction. As with any security, request a prospectus from a representative read carefully before you invest or send money. A representative will contact you to provide request information. Representative of AIC and AAS do not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult your tax advisor or attorney regarding your situation. Whew. Thanks for watching.